into a series called uh, Extraordinary, um, and I hope you enjoy it. It'll go for a few weeks, and, um, and I think it does help explain some of our life's journey, Julie and I, and the people that know us best understand that we were spoilt for the ordinary back, I guess, when we were saved, but also, but mainly back in the early 90s when God caught up with us and the, and the move of God, the revival that swept the earth, the move of God, as they call it, touched our hearts and blessed us, and, and that was it. We, we were taken out, out of our little, uh, just quiet, nice existence of me being just the breadwinner and my wife with uh, just a burden, you know, with a ministry of her own, but um, the, the, the dance school, who remembers that? And uh, we might have to grab those videos out and have a look, Jules, of those days. But, um, and of course, our precious little children that um, uh, we loved with all our hearts, and then God apprehended our hearts and uh, repositioned us on the front line of His great work that was uh, needing to be done and especially in Wyong God challenged us to start a church and uh, and we were obedient to that after <laughs> after dodging and weaving personally myself but um, uh, for a couple of years there I, I danced the dance the tango with God and eventually I had to say God you win and so <laughs> hallelujah and um and so we began the church in 96 i think it was the seventh month of 96 and um hey darling how are you you're doing well how's the bubs all right that's great marty marty marty's in the house god bless you and apparently yeah nathan's mother's in the house nathan is that right god bless you hey man and uh welcome to our little little church and um praise god and uh and so I think this message explains somewhat, um, you know, what happened for us that we were taken out of the, just the ordinary sort of life into the extraordinary life, say extraordinary. And, um, and so this message is, is, yeah, it's very dear to my heart. And um, I think in everyone that everyone knows there's more to them. I don't know about you, but I was a boy and um, I used to stand on my dad's shed and pretend I could jump off and, and um, I, used, I remember saying to my, one of my friends, I was about seven, you know, six or seven, so I can jump off, you know, I, sort of the local superhero and um, yeah, yeah, I fly out right over there and he said, yeah, I said, yeah, I, I do that, that's, that's what I got to do, I can't do it now, of course, because, you know, when you go, I'll probably fly out and do some something heroic and um and as i'm saying this i'm going wow this is great what a great well i'm awesome <laughs> i was really starting to believe myself isn't that sad <laughs> and uh it's good having yourself on sometimes isn't it <laughs> and uh but you know we got these superheroes i watched uh, I watched that crazy movie the other night. Not Superman, not Batman. The Green Hornet with my daughter. I found someone to watch The Green Hornet. Now, I couldn't find anyone to watch The Green Hornet with me, but I did find my 15-year-old daughter. Who else would watch The Green Hornet except a 15-year-old? And uh, it was so funny. I've got to get one of those cars where the turntable comes down in the back seat and the record comes down and the music. And uh, I love that. I, I need one of those. But superheroes, uh, you know, we, we have this propensity as, as people 
to want to believe in superheroes and um and i believe there's a I reckon there's something in every individual. There, there is a, an extraordinary individual within every individual. You know what I'm saying? So although you're living an ordinary life, you just want to bust out, man, I want to do that flex, tour de flex, you know. And I'd love to do that, you know. And uh, man, if I could do that and come back into the church and everyone would be just loving on me and blessing me and... and um, and I think there's a part of that, you know, most of us end up just, you know, we want to fly like eagles, but most of us end up scratching around like chickens, you know, and, and uh, it's, I know it's not, not, not a great analogy, but, um, and then the, the Bible says in John 10, 10, you know, life, life abundantly, life, life abundantly, you know, not, not sort of common life, mediocre life. But extraordinary, the remarkable, you know, the, the remarkable life, the, 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 the outside of the box life. That's what God to me, he took me outside of the box of my own personality. What can bust you out of your own personality and out of your own comfort zone? I, I, I ask you, what can take a man or a woman outside of their own parameters of their own comfort zone when they want to just watch TV, have a nice meal, bring the kids up and go to the beach and go to church. And, and what, what, you know, what can break someone out to want them to go further and extend themselves and become a superhero for God? Uh, you know, what can do that? Athletes, these athletes, they train, you know, who's that guy? Uh, you know, our hero, the bicycle guy, the Man, what possesses a guy like that? I mean, to train and then to win the Tour de France. I mean, my God. But there is something like that within everyone. I believe it to be true. And I believe it's the very thing that propelled this church into existence. I believe it was the extraordinary life that God had for Julian Phil. I believe it was not a common life that the Lord had purpose for Julie and Phil to be married and to live life. And in the, uh, you know, it's the Father's heart for you to be absolutely, you know, uh, you know, I just love my kids when they excel and they do well at school and, and, or, or they've done some physical feat and, uh, you know, or Jesse, I remember the whole school comes second in the Steadfords, the Gosford Christian schools, their first time they went into it. And, and this, this was like a, whew, a long shot. These guys go in and they perform, uh, what was it? You pre- Mary Magdalene. And, and it was awesome. Somehow, by the sheer fact of just the timing and the resource of people they had, they were able to literally beat all the big schools with all the big talent. And here comes... Here comes Gosford Christian, you know. It's like this mule, you know. It's like, hang on, here we come. And, and literally, they came second in the state. And my daughter was one of the, was Mary Magdalene. <laughs> Praise God. She was, and they go, and the judges go, we don't know who you guys are, or how you did this, but it was a most extraordinary thing, a most extraordinary thing. It was not common. It was awesome. And, you know, they came second. And I love that. You know, you know that that's what God wants for each and every one of us. So 
I think we need to be challenged by this message. I think the Holy Spirit is continually bringing us to the edge at times. He brings us to the edge to launch ourselves into the deep. It's the Word of God. You read the Word of God. How can you not read the Word of God and not be brought to a place where you want to, you know, really, you know, take stock of yourself and do something for God? Help me, you know. That, that's what it's about, you know. You don't read the Bible and say, Oh, this is great. This helps me live just such a pleasant, quiet, nice life. Gee, the story of, of, of Joshua. Gee, that helps me live just such a domesticated, nice, quiet life. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Moses. Thank you, Ezekiel. Thank you for lying on your side for a year and a half and, and you know, getting, you know. No, no. Every time I read the Bible, and the Bible says in Acts chapter 2 that Jesus was known for signs and wonders and miracles, and he was, whew, he was, you know, he's our hero, he's our role model. And, and I believe, you know, th- there is still, you know, churches out there doing that. Bill Johnson's ministry is known for healings and miracles and signs and wonders. And that's what we want. You know, that's what we, I don't want a domesticated life. I don't want to. I don't want to lead a church that's domesticated, just coming out on Sunday and just, you know, worshiping God and nothing's happening in between. You know what I'm saying? Am I speaking to the chosen, frozen, or am I speaking to the the anointed, Holy Ghost motivated, spirit filled, born again, on fire, gun tooting, preaching? Come on. I haven't been preaching for five weeks, so watch out, man. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm ready to do some damage to the kingdom of darkness. You know what I'm saying? It's an extraordinary life that God wants for you. What is it that possesses Andrew Flaxman to want to train and 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 go on this tour? They're coming out from Sydney, I believe. The C3 guys are coming out from Sydney. They're coming to the Central Coast, riding their bikes. And then Andrew's going to join them here and he's going to pursue and follow them. And um, I don't know, Gail's going to f- Gail's going to hide him in a boot for at times, uh, you know. <laughs> and no uh, cheating, that's right. And uh, somehow Andrew's going to do it because he just knows he's born for the extraordinary. And I don't know about you, but that's why we birthed the church because it was an extraordinary feat. But we were in for it. We believed it that God could do it if he's for us who can be against us we're more than conquerors you know that sort of stuff that we used to get preached to about and and we really believe that we could do this we could take our little family outside of the conventions of just the nice life into the into the furnace and into the the, the, I mean, the, uh, the fast lane and, and into the adventure, that's a better word, but into the adventure of the spirit-filled life. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and, and it is an adventure, man. There's, there's pitfalls and there's chasms and there's valleys and there's mountains and there's mountains, Andrew, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and, and there's flat tires, Andrew, and and uh, but seemingly it's it's some the, the person is more satisfied for doing that rather than living in the con, you know the, the context of their own personality and their own flesh and their own soul which would have you dumb down your adventure in life you know 
I don't want to dumb God down. I don't want to dumb him down. Yeah, God, we know your signs and wonders, God, but look, please leave me out of it. And uh, look, just nice life here. It's nice. I'll make do and we can do this and, you know. Uh, but no, God says, no, I want you to be a trailblazer. I want you to be a person of impact. I want you to go into your workplace and, and, and really, you know, be a sign and a wonder, just who you are and just have that countenance about you, but have that talk about you. And, and I want to share something um, a little bit about our saving faith. I want to go into the series next week properly, but today I want to give you some personal journey stuff. Is that cool? Let's give the Lord a hand right there. Amen. <laughs> Woo! It goes like this, uh, I guess John Bevere says it like this, I see a generation comprised of all ages, inclusive of men and women, awakening to the extraordinary qualities hidden within. The power to accomplish remarkable feats and live an exceptional life is not defined by an individual's family, education or occupation. It's a disposition of the heart. Say disposition of the heart. Unless it's suppressed, unless it's suppressed, there is an innate desire to rise above the norm. I encourage you to step into the unknown, embrace the divine empowerment. That's a key phrase right there, divine empowerment. That's what happened in the move of God for my family. We encountered the, the Holy Spirit and it empowered us to come outside our boundaries, to come outside of our own personality and risk risk reputation and risk the comfort zones uh, risk the, the comforts of life and come out and live the adventure in life am i speaking to someone this morning to embrace the divine empowerment and live your extraordinary life let's have a look at this scripture 1 corinthians 2 9 i want to try and get just uh, i think just testimonials share something where my salvation came from and what was taught to us when we first got saved and uh, started to go to church and I, and I think it'll bless you and then we'll round up and hopefully bring it to a place where we can really launch into it next week so is that cool but I just thought I need to share from a personal place of you know what this message means to me so the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 2 9 no eye has seen no ear has heard and no mind had imagined certainly that was for me that was our story julie i don't think we ever imagined did your eyes see did your ear hear did even enter into your imagination what god had for the oldfield family the, the, they used to call us the golden family we were just so nice in every way we were doing the right thing we we're at the right place and we would just you know, any pastor would have loved the Oldfield family in their church because we were just the good family and we used to serve a bit, but we were just good people. And, and then who could have ever expected that the, the, the Oldfields would have been, you know, springboarded into, like a springboard, into the will of God, into the plans of God to, to start up a church. I mean, it everyone back then everyone all our peers and pastors and leaders all struggle with this you know but you guys are you guys are just the nice family the good family the you, no, no, you sure you want to do this you sure you want to go on the tour de flags i mean have you trained out have you done any training for this come on have you got any lycra i haven't even seen phil in any lycra yet not yet come on what are you talking about no we think we're going to start it we think really believe we need to start a church god's put that on our heart 
And they said, well, you better get yourself a helmet, man. I'm telling you, it's rough out there. God has prepared for those who love him. Some people think that that scripture might be just for the hereafter in heaven, but it's really for the here and now. Amen. So verse 10 says, but we know these things because God has revealed them to us by his, by his spirit. I'm telling you, I could stop there and preach for four days about that. The Holy Spirit illuminates and reveals to you your greater life, your bigger life. Say bigger life. You have a bigger life. Peter, you're going to get married again. Guess what? You're going to have a bigger life. Some people are going to have kids here. Jonathan and Bree and Luke and Tash. Look and Candace. <laughs> bigger life. <laughs> There's a bigger life coming, guys. You know, Paul, he gets his huge download about the church and he sees what eye hasn't seen. He hears what ear hasn't heard. He sees what mind hasn't even imagined. He, he sees this guy, man, he downloads. I see the church. I see a people of God, spirit-filled. I see them. I see them taken back what the devil stole. I see them populating the earth. I see a people of God empowered by the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, prophesying, laying claim, for God, for laying claim to what God, is God's, his land, his people. That's Paul. That's Paul. He writes the New Testament. He writes it out and we, we study it and we find out what, what is in the mind of God, what is in the heart of God, don't we? we? We do that. Let's have a look at this. I love this. Ephesians 3, 9 to 10 in the message part. My task, my task, Paul says, my ta-, he talks about his mandate. He, he says, this is my mandate. I know what I've got to do. This is Paul. I know what I've got to do. Man, I've seen it. I know it to be true. He says, my task is to bring out in the open and make plain what God who created all this in the first place has been doing in secret and behind the scenes all along through followers of Jesus like yourself gathered in churches. This extraordinary, say extraordinary, plan of God is becoming known and talked about even among the angels. Man, I wonder if angels are talking about our church right now. Do you know what those C3 guys are believing for now? Do you know they had 80, 80 young people here on Friday night? Do you know eight, eight young people were saved Friday night at SG Youth? Come on! The angels are talking about you, about SG, about, you know, the, the Yars. Did you know they met out? The angels are saying, do you know they met out the yards? Who's the yards? The young adults. Don't you get it? The young adults. Haven't you been down at C3 Tugger? Yeah, they hung out on Thursday and man, they had some great coffee and shared the word and Luke stood up and he started to pastor the young adults in that C3. Praise God. Awesome. Fantastic. What else has happened? Oh man, look, I just really, I just think of, you know, I might, might hang out down there a bit more and see what they're, what, what they're up to. Wonder what the angels, are angels talking about our church and about our life? I don't know. 
Saving faith. This is where I started when I first started to go to church. And faith is about this. Saving faith is about this. It's not about philosophy. It's, it's not about just a decision. You see people just make a decision. But, but it's more than that. Faith meets with grace. Salvation is a free gift. Pow! Your spirit comes alive. Your spirit was dead. Your spirit could not communicate with God. You could not communicate with God. The faith that you had to believe in God was a gift from God. It wasn't, I've worked it out. God is. I've worked it out. Guess what? God, he made this place. He made me. I've worked it out. No, it doesn't work like that. You were given the gift of faith. Me? What? Yes. And faith met with grace. And you were saved. Your spirit came alive. Now your spirit's alive and active. It can commune with God. It can worship God. Thank you, Vicky, this morning and team. Your spirit wants to praise Him, walk after Him. Your spirit wants to make decisions and your spirit wants to live the extraordinary life. Before that, your soul was making all the decisions. Your soul was determining and reasoning by its five senses. What you see, what you hear, what you taste, what you touch. And you lived your life according to that. But your spirit is now alive. Is that right? And your spirit is like Gail, looking at me like, she's looking at me with big eyes. She's going, your spirit's like that. Your, your spirit was dead. Bible says in Ephesians, your spirit was dead. But now your spirit's alive. It's like Gail on the inside. It's like... <laughs> Let me at it. Let me at it. Let me at it. Extraordinary life. That's for me. That's for me. Come on. <laughs> That's for me. Your spirit doesn't go, Oh, planet Earth. Oh, great. Fantastic. Oh, why? Why'd you wake me up for? No, your spirit is unbridled it's impassioned it's on fire it loves god it loves god but your soul if you continue to allow it to have its way it will dumb that down it will say spirit no you're not going out tonight you're not going to drive you're not going to do you're not going to be you're not going to say you're not going to serve on the worship you're not going to do that you're not going to give your tithe you're not gonna. You're, you're not gonna go to church tonight. You, you, you're not gonna witness to your friend at work. You have to go be with that person every week, weekend, week out. That, that'll be shameful and embarrassing. You're not gonna do that. You're just gonna be a secret Christian, aren't you? That's right. No, your spirit wants to cause havoc. Wants to turn the known world upside down. Your spirit. The early Christians were known. They were known for an, as an extraordinary people uh, and doing great exploits, but 
saving and healing and turning whole cities over. Your spirit is so wanting to rock. Is that true? Do you, do you feel that? Do you believe that? But if you let your personality and let your soul govern you, you will be restricted to your own personality. Some of the things that I learned personally was stuff like this, committing your life to God. This is saving faith. This is just basic faith. And I, and I, will, I will top it off with, with just a point at the end because I'm going to have to just cut to the chase. Committing your, these are some of the basic things that I grew up out of. And this is what was taught to me when I first started to go to church. Committing your life to God. This is basic saving faith. Psalm 37 verse 5. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him and He will do this. Is that right? Believing in Jesus, John 3.15, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. Who believes in that? Becoming obedient from the heart. It's a hard issue. It's a hard issue. It's a heart thing, this whole salvation and Christian walk. Romans 6.17, but thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you wholeheartedly obeyed the form of teaching to which you were entrusted, I think. Believing in your heart. Romans 10.9, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart. There's a confession of the mouth. Okay, let's pull up there. One of the key things when you learn at the start is of your spoken word, the confession of your mouth, what you say. What you say is all powerful in the Christian war. What you say and, and loose from your mouth uh, is is one of the key number one lessons of the Christian walk. Is that true? So, so one of the things I was taught as a young believer was what I say, what I confess is going to happen. We had this thing in the 80s that if you agreed that you were sick, I mean, this is a little bit over the top, but if, if you were sick and said, I am sick, we would have people back then say, remember Marie said, don't confess that. You're not sick. You know, if you confess it and if you agree to it, but no, it's actually okay to admit that you are ailing, challenged, but to harp on about it and to glorify it, that could be another thing. Uh, and, and to just keep saying it, nagging it, I'm sick. Oh, guess what? I'm sick again. Praise God. You know, people just sometimes just, you know, hypochondriac would be like that. Just say, guess what, man? I had my kidney out last week and it looks like I've got to have my gallbladder out. That's brilliant. Wow, praise God. I've never had a gallbladder out before. Jeez. You know, they just love talking about that stuff. But one of the things, you confess with your mouth by faith, your life, your world, your destiny. You confess. Andrew's up here using the opportunity in the giving message to say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to ride this. This is going to happen, guys. And I like that about him. Um, praise God. Believing the Bible to be the Word of God was another conviction that was built into me. 2 Timothy 3.16 All scriptures God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. If you want, to, if you want your life um, to, to be propositioned out of the box and into the extraordinary life, read the Bible. Read the Word. That's going to do it to you every time. You know, that's going to do it to you every time. Read the Bible. Read the Word. It's going to recontextualize your life. I believe there's people that by the time they even get to Thursday or Friday, they've lost even the, the, the notion of church or the, even the idea of church. 
Do I go to church? Do I really go to church? I'm, boy, you know, I mean, you know, it's crazy how some people just lose their whole perspective because they don't read their Bible daily. And they go, am I a Christian? That's right, I'm a Christian. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I got one of those. What, a Bible? Yeah, I got a Bible too, man. I could, yeah. No, you got to, every day, it's an everyday lifestyle, 24-7 now with Jesus. Every day you need to read the Bible. The other thing that was put into me was putting your trust in God. Hebrews 2.13, I will put my trust in Him. I will put my trust in Him for everything. I'll put my trust in Him to look after my kids, provide for my kids, bless my home and bless my wife and to keep my life alive and well and prospering. I trust in God. In God I trust. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I, that was a deep conviction that went deep down in my life. I, didn't tr- I don't trust in the economy. I don't trust in the Dow Jones. The How many? $60 billion we lost off the stock market. I, I don't trust the, the stock market. I don't trust the, you know, I trust in God. In God we trust. In God we trust. We trust God for all that we do. And the other thing that um, became a conviction a, a little bit later inviting jesus to take his rightful place in your life revelations 3:20. here i am i stand at the door and knock and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door i will come in and eat with him and he with me now what does that scripture mean i think this scripture means this it's meaning like hey <laughs> it's like you, know, you got saved and about two weeks later it's like who's that expecting anyone Jules thought we we're gonna have a quiet night tonight <laughs> man I was watching this show okay let's get up <gasps> Jesus uh Jules Jesus here <laughs> uh yes Lord <laughs> Do we pay our tithes, darling? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Everything all right? Well, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Uh, yeah, just sort of come in and uh, got some pizzas here. And uh, I just thought we'd chill out for a while. Dad, you got saved. And, yeah. Julie Scurry and Angela's cleaned up. Turn the TV off. Yeah. And... Uh, Come in, Lord. The kids are gone. <laughs> Woo! And then I believe that scripture is about intimacy. I honestly believe it's about introducing the Lord God, the Lord Jesus, your friend and mine, the personable nature of Jesus, your master, your shepherd, you are the sheep. He's your master. We're his servants. He's the Lord. We're his people. You know, he's God. He's the creator. He's Jesus. Amen. And, and, and he comes to your world. He comes to your door of your home. And he. Can I come in and share some of my plans and purposes and, and destiny. With the Oldfield family. Kids are invited too. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Is that right, Lord? You want to start a church in Wow? 
Whew. And, and, and so who's going who's gonna to be the pastor? Who's going to do that? Is that going to be one of those Bible college students I went to Bible college with? John Marks, Rumor FM, Jumbo, or uh, one of those guys? They're good. Yeah, I'll, I'll be there, set up the chairs. And uh, what, what are you saying? What, what are you saying? What would you say again? You, you, want, you want myself to be the, the senior minister of, 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 a, of, of, that, of that church, that church you want to start in Cutler Drive. You want, us, you want us to start in Cutler Drive, the housing commission area of Wyong. You, you want us to start there. That doesn't sound too ordinary. Sounds pretty extraordinary, actually. Sounds, sounds remarkable. A bit outside the box. Whew, okay, yeah. And uh, you want me to play guitar, take the offering up, put the chairs out, you you are, but but there's some people will come. Some people will come, and and they will come, and they will help us. Good, good. That's good, Lord. That's good. I like that idea. Many will be saved. Many will be saved. That's good. Yeah, great. And uh, and then we'll get a band. I like bands. Good. Yeah, I like bands. You're gonna send you some good musicians, and appreciate that, Lord. Yeah, I don't really have a lot of expertise on the on the guitar, but I'm gonna send a guy called Dance Dance. I was going to say Dan Second, but Dan Crouch. <laughs> Dan Crouch on, on lead guitar. Where, where is that, what's that sound like? He said, yeah, great. Good name. Sounds great. I don't know who he is, but going to, sit, going to sit, send the Browns, Sarah and Jay Brown. They've they got to get Jay saved first. He gets saved in 97 or something. And Sarah's already saved. She's, she's on fire for God. She loves God. We know her family. Known her family for years. Going to send... Yeah, we know Sarah, dear Lord. That's fantastic. Oh, yeah, we've got some wonderful people that we're going to send to that church, to that extraordinary existence of that church. Uh, you up for it? I don't know, Lord. I don't know if we can do this, man. I, I've never done any public speaking even. I mean, I went to TAFE and did some public speaking there, and that didn't go real well. But, uh, you know, <laughs> a pretty, pretty shy guy, you know. He said, no, no. You don't understand the Holy Spirit. We're going to give you the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, I thought, Holy Spirit, well, what's that? You know, and, come Holy Spirit. And, and so just this whole negotiation of our God, of our Lord, personally coming into my life and saying, I want you to live a remarkable life, an extraordinary life. I like your picket fence. That's great. Look, that's good. You painted it white, just as your wife said. That's great. Yeah, you painted your house. You, you got a nice little home for your kids. That's great. Look, I appreciate that. But listen, I've got a lot of people going to hell, man. I, I, I'm going to need you, man. I got to, I'm going to need you guys, you know. Yeah, but my kids, man, I really, you know, I've heard about ministry. I've heard about what it can do to people. And, uh, look, they're going to be fine. Trust me. Trust me. They're going to be fine. And um, and don't worry. You know, tomorrow has enough worries of its own. And, uh, and and also, if you seek ye first the kingdom, if you help the kingdom, if you if you serve that, if you serve that, I'm going to give you so much. You remember that scripture that I've got on my Bible? You know the the the, the, the Matthew six thirty three. You know, if you seek ye first the kingdom and His righteousness, He will add all these things. You'll, you'll get the bigger house for the rooms for your kids and you'll, you'll have food on your table. You'll, 
you, you, will, you will be able to do this job. You will be given the anointing to convey the reality of Christ. And, uh, and I'm going to send you the rest. I'm going to bless you with the rest. Are you up for the extraordinary? And uh, there it is right there. So, Father, let's all stand up. I think I'm done. Time is...